Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. Welcome to the show. It's Chris Graham. It's Monday. We're going to talk some NASCAR with Rod Mullins, who uh, is just back from a busy weekend in Bristol, where the uh, NASCAR playoff chase cut down from 16 to 12. A couple of big names are left out looking in. And Rod, Chris Bushler with uh, Busher with the win and um, another non-playoff winner uh, here in the uh, 2022 playoffs. Yeah, um, you know, I, I kind of was expecting it, just didn't know what Bristol was going to produce. Um, you know, when Chris Busher was hanging around there with, oh, something like about 100 and some laps left to go and so forth, and he was hanging around there near the top, I thought to myself, you know, this could be our 19th different winner. And that's what it ended up being because – Really, nobody else. Chase Elliott didn't have anything else for him. And I think Chase Elliott, in one way, was probably he might have been afraid to push his Chevrolet just a little bit more because of some of the bad luck that had happened with some of the cars the other night. But, you know, the funny thing about it, some of the Chevrolets didn't have as many issues as what the Fords or the Toyotas had during the course of the race on Saturday night. But uh, Chris Busher comes away with his first true win, if you want to call it that. He was in the right place at the right time at Pocono back in. 2015 or 2016 when he won that race they declared him the winner because of a rain delay and the weather and so this one he just outright showed everybody that he's a force to be reckoned with i think he just he impressed me so much uh the other night with how he was handling this you know i mean this has been a lot on rfk racing on roush fenway keselowski racing because you bring brad keselowski over you think it's going to be an instant shot in the arm and it wasn't. It's not been an instant shot in the arm for this team, although they looked good out in the L.A. Coliseum. They haven't looked good almost all season up until Saturday night at Bristol. And then, you know, he comes away with it. Keselowski, I thought, was going to win at one point if Keselowski hadn't run into some trouble. But still, uh, Brad Keselowski was very happy that his man won the race on uh, Saturday night at Bristol. So our second straight first-time true winner, because last weekend, Bubba Wallace, who had already had a win, uh, similarly to Chris Buescher, uh, when a race got stopped and he was in the right place at the right time. Bubba Wallace won last week, Chris Buescher this yep. week. So I talked about how uh, two big names are left off uh, the, the playoff uh, uh, standings of 12 now. Uh, Tyler Reddick and Austin Dillon also left out. Right. Two really big names, Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick, uh, on the outside looking in. Well, um, you know, I don't know what else to say except for the same thing of what Kyle Bush was saying in the media center after the race. And, uh, you know, you've got to understand something. And this is to the people out there listening to the podcast and so forth. He's had a rough season. I mean, he has had what has been a tumultuous season. He lucked into the victory at Bristol back in April when they won, uh, ran there in the dirt. And so, you know, I've I've just not uh, been confident, I guess, as things have gone on. And then as they got a little bit closer here to the playoffs, I said, no, he's going to make it. He's going to make it. But then three straight bad performances from this team, and uh, especially the one that uh, took him out, his engine blew right on the front stretch. I think that was enough to kind of just end his chances right there at the season. And he's like, hey, I'm looking forward to going next year to 2023 and joining with Richard Childress Racing. And uh, so that was one with Kyle Busch. The second was Kevin Harvick. Uh, Kevin Harvick will forever be, I guess, immortalized by that loose wheel that came across or came over in the pits when he pulled into the pits and they didn't secure the left front tire 
and it went rolling. He pulled out. It rolled one way. His car went another, and then he had to back back up in the pits, put the tire back on. He didn't, but the crew did. And then once they got him back out there on the track, it was already too late at that point. He had no chance. He had to win. He had to win Saturday night in order to pull something off and be able to make it into the playoffs. But he just didn't have the car whatsoever that night. Uh, what going on? He didn't have the the car for that race. Harvick, uh, if I remember right, he had to win a couple races. He, his first win back last month, but he won two straight last month. Yeah. Uh, he he had been on the outside looking in for a while this season after a really uh, solid uh, regular season. I think it was last year. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, yeah, you know, he got hot and then he got cold again. Uh, he and his team. Uh, Chase Elliott finished second, and um, you know some some familiar names uh, qualifying. Uh, you know, punching their ticket: Denny Hamlin, Chase Briscoe, Daniel Suarez, mm-hmm. Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, Alex Bowman. So we got a field uh, of a lot of guys that we're familiar with. Um, boy, Elliott's been good all year long. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, talk about him and his race. He 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 fought all the way back from a bad qualifying to finish second. Right. Um, he seems to be hitting his stride right now. Yeah, I think he is. He's starting to pick his stride out a little bit more, and he's getting to familiar tracks. And, of course, Bristol was one of those tracks he's better and he's more familiar with. Darlington posed a little bit of a problem for him, I think, on that particular race. But, uh, you know, here he was coming back to Bristol. Ran good. I, you know, even though he qualified back in the pack and he said, you know, that wasn't our best qualifying effort, he still managed to make it up to the front. And when he did so, I think that just shows what kind of team he's got. You know, and I have to really say that the Chevrolets really surprised me that they did not have as strong of an attrition uh, overall on the race as did the Fords or as did the Toyotas. And I think I mentioned that before. The Toyota cars. You know, I mean, they were losing tires. You know, that was the other thing with the Ford cars, too. They were losing tires, especially on that right side. I think a couple of Chevrolets did, too. But they didn't have as much trouble, I think, as the Toyotas and some of the Fords, especially the Toyotas, because Martin Truex goes out of the race. Uh, He wasn't even in playoff contention. But, you know, he's just he's kind of dumbstruck about the whole thing, too. Then you've got uh, Kyle Busch that goes out, and you know that's really the Toyotas right there. Bubba Wallace had some trouble off and on, and I think he had to go to the pits and uh, be serviced a couple of times. Came back out onto the track, but you know it's been a rough year for the Toyotas. They uh, once they thought they were getting in contention again, and then Bubba Wallace with that win in Kansas. But you know I think they're far from being perfect right now, and and I don't know if you've caught this or not. Uh, there's a a wild thing that's circulating right now on the internet, and it started actually on Saturday night, and you could hear it in the way that some of the discussion was going on in the media center about whether or not uh, I think it was Bubba Wallace, Ty Gibbs, somebody in there in the Toyota camp needed to either get back out onto the track and then solidify at least putting Kyle Busch out of the playoffs. Um, The more that they ran, the better they ran, uh, the better it made Kyle Busch just fall down through the standings. And a lot of fans are, you know, kind of up in arms about that because they're talking, this is from a quality race team, Joe Gibbs Racing. But I don't think Joe Gibbs had anything to do with that call in particular. I think it's probably crew chief management. They may be wanting to send Kyle Busch out with a little bit of a – a middle finger salute. I don't know if that's what they're wanting to do or not, but still it was kind of suspicious that some of these cars, the Toyota camp did get back out there on the track. And some of these guys who were close to Kyle Busch, you know, kind of solidified and kind of moved him down the ranking, so to speak. And then that engine blew and that just kind of cost him of being able to rebound back and get the win. 
Yeah, it is an interesting conspiracy theory type thing there. No, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, with him on his way out from Joe Gibbs, right. uh, that's that's you gotta you gotta ask that question. You know, I talked about um, how there were three. There have been three different winners through three yeah. playoff races, and all three winners who were not playoff uh, drivers. Um, so maybe the best playoff driver right now, guy in the playoffs, might be Christopher Bell. Three top fives yeah. so far in the playoffs yeah. this year. Yeah. No doubt about it. Christopher Bell there. You know, I thought he was going to win the race, too. He was running really good up there toward the front. And I thought, oh, man, he's got a chance at maybe securing something for the Toyotas. But he had some trouble. He got caught up in a wreck, I think, at one part in the uh, in the 500 in the night race. So I kind of dropped him down and out of contention with it. But still, that Toyota camp, though, they've got a lot to look forward to for next year. Here, here we've got this same scenario. It's sort of like what uh, Kevin Harvick was talking couple of weeks ago when the car caught on fire for him and he was down on the apron and so forth you know he was talking about uh, you keep on producing junk well i know that they've gone back and they've done some things where they have kind of made some fixes and some uh, made amends on some of the things with the cars but they still have some problems with it and here was the big thing this was an untested car at bristol motor speedway they did not know how this tire was going to how it was going to react especially on concrete because Folks, remember, it was a dirt race. That was the first race of the season. They did not race on concrete. It was just dirt up on, on top of concrete, and you actually had this car running. I think they tested it one time. They may have tested a little bit at Bristol. I think they did back in the probably the late fall. It was after the playoffs or something like that or around the time the playoffs were ending, and they were trying to get a, a feel for it, and they kind of did a little one-day test session. But still, there's some issues they're going to have to work out with that concrete track, especially at Bristol. And it's of no fault of, of Bristol Motor Speedway. It's just the fact that that tire probably wasn't ready, different conditions than maybe what Goodyear was expecting when they went in there. And so we had a, a race where we saw a lot of attrition. And I don't know if you saw it or not, when they brought the tire off of um, Bubba Wallace's car, and it was just sprayed with some kind of you know substance on the inner uh, inner part of that tire which gave uh, belief to the fact that it may have been something that got sliced up underneath in the car, uh, sliced a belt up when they lost that right side tire. It may have just sprayed everything from brake fluid, oil, whatever it may have been. It sprayed it all over the place, and that uh, pretty much knocked him out of contention there for a while too until he got back out on the track and ran some laps. So there's a lot of different factors that played into this uh, NASCAR race at Bristol this past Saturday. It wasn't the only race at Bristol this past weekend uh, down here in your backyard. I know you you were had a busy weekend down that way. Uh, yep. Noah Gragson uh, won his, he wins his third straight Xfinity yep. Series race, and he's a uh, top seed in the playoffs, which in the Xfinity Series starts next week. Yeah, and you know this is a guy that's going to be jumping over to Petty GMS Racing next year. Uh, you know he's he's got a ride already. Ty Dillon's going to be moving out of that car, and he's going to be jumping over to the 42 car. And I think he's just proven his worth even more. It makes Dale Jr. look good because Dale Jr. has been picking these drivers out of the ranks from these short tracks and these little bandolero races and tracks around the area and, and tracks around the country for that matter. And he got a good one with Noah Gregson, no, no doubt about it. But also Richard Childress, he got a heck of a driver in Sheldon Creed and they've got some of the others out there. But Dale Jr.'s got a, a good force of drivers that, uh, that's been in contention for the playoffs and have won the playoffs before. Uh, but, yeah, he came away. Great win. 
Unfortunately, Noah gets out of the car, and the first thing he does is he kind of heaves all over the place and stuff. And it's one of those things Dale Jr. talked about. It said, like, for the last 10 laps of a race, especially a 500-lap race, Noah holds his breath. And so I guess, you know, I would hold my breath, and I would also dare to say that something's going to happen out of it, especially uh, going at, you know, 130, 140 miles an hour around a uh, bull ring and then holding my breath and then the G-forces and everything. Yeah, I would lose my lunch, too, if I got out of there and I'd been uh, I'd been holding my breath for, you know, 10 laps or whatever. <laughs> nice story on Thursday night, too, the truck series race. Ty Majeski, a guy that, uh, boy, he he was barely still in, his, in, 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 a, in a ride last year, only raced four races in the truck yeah. series last year. He wins the race and locks himself into the championship round in the truck series. Yeah, and, and that's a great compliment for him because uh, – He's tried, he's tried to find uh secure, you know, sponsorship off and on. And like you said, he only raced about a handful of races last year. And so he comes out this year and then punches his ticket into the championship. And I think it's a, it's a great thing on him. It just shows you what kind of driver that the, uh, the truck series is putting out. And you've got some drivers that haven't been able to make it on the cup circuit and Matt DiBenedetto, John Hunter Nemechek that have dropped back down to go to the truck series. And maybe it's to get a little bit more experience or to at least understand the car more of how they're going to do things. And uh, maybe it's a good thing because I see Majeski probably, if he can kind of hold out a little bit longer and stuff with what he had of a performance on Thursday night, I think he's got a chance at maybe making it into Xfinity next season and then maybe even running for cup here in the future seasons coming. Got to ask you what it was like being down there for the, for the night race, a playoff race. Yep. In Bristol, 100,000-plus fans there it had to be quite an experience. It was. It was a big experience because I think that's the first time that they had actually gotten 100,000 people uh, there in the track. And that was uh, – last time was probably 10 years ago when they did it. But one of the things I, I've got to say is I have to give credit to Bristol Motor Speedway because – I watched a few people go through the credential line and pick up their credentials for the first time. And one guy kind of got miffed at the people at Bristol, and he told him, he says, you know, I thought VIP was supposed to mean something. I don't know what he was erupting about, but I went up to the credential desk, got my credential just like that, didn't have any problem, had that. And then, of course, right after that, although you can't see it on the podcast, I'll have to show it to Chris here got my little diecast car they always give us a little car and stuff at the end of the race and you just go up and pick it up and i've got a, a good amount of those so far but uh it's just it was just amazing i th- the thing that really got me i wasn't outside when it happened was when that c-130 came over bristol motor speedway and it made that bank and it turned left the entire media center was shaking when it went over the way the engines were on it and i think everybody just got a just a quick buzz off of that and they were ready to go and you know i did run into my uh, fill of things after the race the poor guy that attacked the porta potty outside the racetrack when i was leaving and stuff and he was cussing the porta potty and i really hope that nobody was in that porta potty because obviously if they were it was scared the crap out of them no doubt about it so i mean it was it was pretty bad this guy just he just lunged at it like a football like a pro football tackler trying to go and shake the shake the porta potty and i'm just like dude what are you doing i'm watching this as i'm getting ready to pull out on the interstate and i'm just like can't believe this but this is what you see sometimes this is what you see at a bristol race and obviously everybody was happy there were some people that were complaining about it and they said it's not bristol 
folks, it's not going to be Bristol after they made the uh, the little cut up there at the highball part of the concrete and they kind of shaved that off. But I think it makes for more exciting racing and chance taking by some of these drivers. Um, I wasn't disappointed. I just think it was a great race right down to the very end. We saw some wrecks. Yes, uh, I think everybody went uh, crazy when Kyle Busch lost his engine on the front stretch. They were all cheering and hollering, hooping and hollering over that. And they got a big kick out of it. Bubba Wallace, on the other hand, booed really badly as he came out onto the track. So you've kind of got your, I guess, your your good guys and your bad guys sort of the, the way you do in the wrestling sport. And that's just the way it is. NASCAR is kind of a combination of all those things. A race car, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see somebody like a Goldberg or somebody else want to get in a race car and drive around. And they could be a good guy or a bad guy, either one. And People would love them anyway. It wouldn't make any difference. Personalities sell sports. That's yep. a big part of it there. Hey, uh, wrapping up the show, Texas Motor Speedway first round of the first race of the second round of the yep. playoffs coming up this weekend. Uh, I got the notes here. Ryan Blaney won the all-star race in May. Kyle Larson won last year's playoff race there. Um, your thoughts on what we can look forward to. Hey, can, can a playoff driver actually win one of these races for once? Possibly. Possibly. And, you know, right now, I would think that it's probably anybody else's time. It's probably Kyle Larson's time to maybe even come away with something. Um, I wouldn't be surprised Alex Bowman even run well because most of the Hendrick cars ran up front and ran close to the front. Byron ran well during the course of the night. Um, Hendrick had to be happy with what they saw uh, at Bristol. But, you know, we're talking, we're going back to a Charlotte-type track. We're not talking about the Roval here, but we're talking about the one with the little dog legs and coming out of four. And as you come to the start finish line, and then you go back into another one, as you go into turn one, um, it will be interesting to see this race. Now that you've got these four guys eliminated, the four people that was waiting there in the wings, hoping to make the jump. Uh, now you're going to see the true fighting take place between some of them. And I'm looking here at the playoff picture for the round of 12. Uh, a lot of these guys have, no love lost for each other. Uh, you've got Christopher Bell. You've got Daniel Suarez. They they just don't like each other right now, or especially Daniel Suarez doesn't like Christopher Bell at this point. Austin Sendrick, you know, he's got some issues with some of the other drivers in here. Chase Elliott, he really doesn't have to worry about a Kevin Harvick this time around in this round of the playoffs, but you still have Denny Hamlin in there, and Hamlin could just as well go and be a spoiler again like he was at the Martinsville race here several years ago. It could knock him back a ways. But, you know, we're talking this is going to be the race that's going to at least lock somebody in maybe all the way through to that final four, depending on how they race, and that could be one of the already established winners. But, you know, they're going to have seven spots to fill. And it's going to be it's going to be fighting tooth and nail for it. So it's going to be anybody's guess. Briscoe right now, I don't know if Briscoe is going to have enough to hold on to it. Um, I still like Kyle Larson's chances. We've not seen a whole lot out of Ross Chastain. I think they're kind of telling him, you know, you need to kind of uh, be on your best behavior right now. These races going into the playoffs because you don't need any more. Um, enemies is the way things have been going so i think he's trying to race as clean as he can daniel suarez really doesn't care right now at this point he says he's there like he said in that uh show that they have on usa he says i'm there to be on the podium i'm there to be the big guy you're gonna have to knock off and so it's anybody's guess with this one but i'm kind of leaning toward larson or bowman maybe this time around in this race 
Well, Rod, thank you for your time, all your great stuff from uh, from Bristol this past weekend, and we look forward to talking to you again next week. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks.